Here we go, rejecting the screen. Noah Kozlov out here on the East Coast, back in New York City. Adam Stanko is out west, where he is stuck in the house. Mm-hmm. Not because of COVID. Well, one reason. That too. That too. But because of the fires. Can't open the windows. Can't go outside. Just two plugged-in dudes talking hoops and a little bit of life, as we will do later on. Coming up on Thursday, the Going ISO edition, as we do every week with all sorts of folks who have touched the NBA in all different ways. Steve Jones Jr., the former Grizzlies video guy, former Nets assistant coach, the son of the broadcast legend and three-time ABA All-Star, Steve Snapper Jones. That comes your way on Thursday. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Adam, as we record this on Monday afternoon, we're recording it just to give everybody some sort of timestamp on it. It's during Milwaukee, Orlando, late third quarter, Bucks leading by three and a 2-1 series lead. So just so we can get that out of the way, just in case anybody's listening at any sort of time, knowing when we are recording this. It's the day after Luca's night, the day after Donovan Mitchell's night where the NBA is all the buzz, yet there are some, Ethan Strauss from The Athletic and others, who all they want to do is continue to harp on the most archaic, yet financially viable Mm -hmm. side of the NBA, and that is TV ratings. Ratings are the easiest way to play a comparison game. This... Friends rerun on uh, what is Friends rerun on? I don't know. Everywhere. What, what, what is what is Good Girl rerun on? That's that's the. Uh, what about New Girl? Uh, New Girl. Good, New Girl. I think I, I think, New, I think Good Girl, Girl is uh, usually on at like just after midnight on Cinemax. I think. <laughs> Let's hope so. I'll be tuning in. I the but New Girl I know is on Netflix now, but I don't know where you were watching, where you were yeah, watching Netflix. New Girl previously. Yeah. Netflix. But, uh, but yeah, the, um, it's the easiest way for people to go about it, but obviously there are new ways in which the younger generation is now consuming content, which has to be factored in. But I'll tell you right now, no, before we dive into any of that, I am hearing from people as the ratings have become now the easy argument to slander the NBA. And especially as it relates to the politics discussion. And you talk about um, the fact that this is where we are in terms of, hey, Monday afternoon, and we've got this Magic Bucks game going on. Well, we also are also in the infancy of a of news of another another police shooting uh, seven times in the backs, latest details. And so so before that's even taken off and had legs, because that may be even a further discussion a day from now. Um, as more protests erupt and, and violence and, and stuff is poured out into the streets, I will just say that it, it's so weird that the backlash is coming now because NBA players are taking a stronger political stand. I think just a humane stand, in my my opinion, but people are going to say that it's politics. And, and so it's an easy argument now for people then to make this correlation. NBA is about politics. That's why people aren't watching. Look at the TV ratings. I don't think it has anything to do with the politics. I don't think it has anything to do with how the NBA mishandled the China situation. I don't think it has anything to do with Black Lives Matter. I think a lot of it has to do with, as we discussed going into the bubble, 
just mm-hmm. as we even talked about this on the TV rating side, but just as I refuse to project forward based on what happened in the bubble, if a certain player didn't play well or something mm-hmm. didn't work out, how are you supposed to project forward TV ratings for anything right now when the world is completely turned upside down and folks' priorities are very much changed because they are home and not in an office and whether they have children around or whether their schedules are different or whether they're just simply working from home and also don't know that there's a game on at one thirty in the afternoon on the East Coast on a Monday. Habits have changed. So how are you supposed to project forward these ratings into anything in the future? But I think you said something before that was interesting about understanding where the buzz comes from in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Digital numbers, and again, something else we've talked about, are through the roof. The NBA dominates dominates social media and dominates digital platforms. Mm-hmm. So how does that turn into money? Well, whenever, and they could do it, whenever they, you know, the TV deals are up in, in the end of 2025, but there's always, they can always renegotiate. There are always those exclusive negotiating windows. Those big tech companies can write the check for live games whenever they're available. It's just a matter of whether they want to dive in and do it. And when they do that, then everything changes. But with all the eyeballs on the NBA from all the social media platforms, YouTube and others. Those are the people that are consuming the game, but that's not where the live games are. Yes. So that's the trouble. Yes. I agree with everything you just said. And you, and you hit a key word there in, in terms of people's viewing habits being thrown off. And I found it to be very interesting as yesterday on a Sunday, and this is anecdotal evidence. This isn't ratings backed, but Luca who of course we'll go into during this podcast, but hits that shot. And I got so many texts from people and obviously NBA Twitter ablaze with opinions that made me throw up left and right as they always do. Uh, It was no different than the rest of the day or the rest of the week, but, but Luca hits that shot. And I am hearing from a ton of people, people who have not watched NBA in a long time. And something that you talked about, again, a correlation between this, or, or at least uh, a comparison that can be drawn to the play on the court and what we can't project out forward, just like viewing habits. In, it's interesting because Kenny Smith, I thought, brought up a great point last night on Sunday night where he said, you almost have to look, because there was an offseason, something we haven't really considered much, but because there was an offseason, in a way, we're now playing a brand new season. And because we're playing a brand new season – Rookies are now second-year players. Second-year guys are now third-year vets. They're, they're pros, and, and you're seeing that in the level of play from, from some of these guys. So, so it's even translating on, on the court to how things are different. But you are absolutely right. The habit-forming stuff impacts how people are consuming podcasts, certainly this one and, and others. Like, you're not catching us on your morning commute. Do you know we even come out on Tuesdays, talk oops, a little bit of life, and then on Thursdays have a guest for a going ISO edition? I don't know that people even know when Tuesday is, when Thursday is. You know, are you getting through another workday? And you're right. Uh, my point being, though, 
it seemed like everyone, my ultimately what I'm getting at is it seemed like everyone caught Luca because it was Sunday on the West coast. It was late afternoon. I don't know what time I don't, I don't recall exactly when it was that he hits the shot, but early evening on the East coast, I think getting into the, everyone was sort of in a position that it felt like that was watching TV and said, Oh, I'll watch this game. It's close between, between the Mavs and Clippers. As far as these other games, taking place during the day, every day getting stacked with games, people just being unaware, not having that as part of the regular habit. And also, as you point out, having to maintain a household in the midst of all this, like throw all that out the window. But the fact of the matter is you go on Twitter and everyone's talking about the NBA right now, seemingly, at least people in my Twitter. Sphere. Well, sure. And, and both, then, both the people, the people in our Twitter feeds are NBA, are NBA people. Sure. So, so that would, so that would make sense. But when you actually do look at social media consumption by sport, the NBA far outranks anybody else. So it's Absolutely. not just it's not just that in our feed. But I also think something that as you do look forward, and I was having this conversation with a buddy when I was back home in Philadelphia, was that if you gone are the days that my parents, who are in their seventies, would say, "Wait a second, so I've got to wait. How do I watch that on Netflix?" So like if the if the Sixers game was if the Sixers game was on Netflix, my parents would say, "Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, I know how to use it." So so gone are those days of yep. any sort of clunky experience or teaching a certain age group, the age group of our our parents, so or even say 55 plus, that that audience that is spending tons of money, that audience versus the youngest generation that is consuming all of these things through OTT platforms, they can now watch the same thing together. And it's not just that the that generation wants to watch, the younger generation wants to watch things in clips. I mean, they're spending hours watching things on YouTube, watching hours of content on Twitch, continuous streams. So I think the, well, they're consuming it differently. Yes, they're consuming it differently because that's where their eyeballs are. They're not, putting on the television and TNT and saying, okay, yep, I'm dialed in. As, as longtime TV production guys, Noah, you and I both see it. And I've said this a, a million times, but it, but what we are watching in real time is exactly what happened with newspapers compared to the internet. And I, and I said it, these things don't go away. The great writing, the long form storytelling, the investigative reporting, that stuff has not gone away. It just took up a different form. And the people that were able to adapt in terms of the media companies, and in that case, you know, print journalism, the ones that were able to adapt and said, we're not going to rely on just the subscription-based newspaper model because that's gone away. If I, if I showed my kids a newspaper, my teenagers would know what it is, but they've never seen one in the house because I don't have a subscription. And my three-year-old would probably, what's that? You know, like, what's that big thing that's here and, you know, helping out with the cat box? Like, that's, that's all they would know it for, right? But the, but Here's the thing. We're seeing the same thing with with television. And I watch it every day with two teenage daughters that they go in their rooms with their computers or their tablets or their phones and they're consuming Netflix. They're consuming. What is it that they choose to watch? Much like the Internet. What interests me? Oh, I'll catch this. You know, oh, my daughter's binging criminal minds right now as 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 she lays around as she lays around the house. And so it's likely not even on a TV where there's no channel surfing. And the real question, ultimately, people can knock the NBA right now 
and they're going to do the same thing. Let's say if NFL returns and is successful on some level, I guarantee you, this is the way that it's that that things are being consumed. Sports in general is taking a hit. People don't realize that across the spectrum, sports are hurt right now because this younger generation isn't watching sports as much because they have so many more choices. And now all of a sudden, it's going to impact how they consume things. NBA already had a younger audience, skewed younger anyhow. So now that younger generation has choices. And you're right, no, it's interesting in our business on the whole. And I'll just say this final thing. You bring up such a good point. The older generation, which we think of as watching the network stations, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox for sure. Like the older generation that watches that stuff on TV spends the money. They're considered the consumers. But the consumers of content is the younger generation and they do it on different platforms. So it's this weird dynamic of, yes, you want the money from the older people on the products. They're they're the ones sponsors are concerned with. But guess what? They're also going away. And the shift, this younger generation we talk about is getting older and older by the day. And they're the ones consuming content on a mass, mass level. Yeah, I don't doubt that if you put live NBA games on YouTube and you're able to make those into TV ratings, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. You got to put the live games where all those eyeballs are. So I think we've hit that point and and the negotiations are up or the contract is up 2024-2025 season. I think we'll finally see that big change that we all know is needed. Speaking of changes, CBD is certainly changed lives of many and it doesn't matter whether you're one of us or a professional athlete you've got to get comfortable you need that wait 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 we're not professional athletes no you for some reason still think that you could play in the nba you still have that dream I'm waiting just, on three inches, but listen, as you, I, I'm listening to, I'm listening to what you have to say right now, because if you can put me in a position where my health can improve and that now all of a sudden some of my ailments feel better, well, maybe, Noah, maybe no, at, no, at this five, isn't, nine and a half. This isn't a miracle. Oh. This isn't a miracle. Okay. And the, and the and a half is something only anybody under five ten says. I've been there. <laughs> But luckily, we've got friends at CBDMD, and they've got something that can help you relax, regroup, recharge. When life gets chaotic, and because life is chaotic constantly, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints, convenient way, and an easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. And to make, and then also you've got CBD Recover, which combines a few things to give you the support you need where it matters most. It's one of those inflammation fighting compounds. Need that. And to make it all so easy, you can get the duo of the topicals and everything else CBD MD has to offer. Right now, for our listeners, you can get it for 25% off your next order. Just use the promo code NBA at checkout. Real simple. Try CBD. If you've been waiting to try it, try it now. CBDMD.com, promo code NBA, 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. It was a few weeks ago when we had the Luca or Zion 
conversation. And <laughs> feels a long time ago. Feels like a long time. Ago. <laughs> and, I, and I said, I like for me, it's a, that's an easy answer. It's it's Luca because we know what he is. He's already he's sorry he hasn't won a title, but he's already done it. He's he's a star. He he's out there every single night. Mm-hmm. Zion, we just great potential, but we we simply just don't know. Then the question became, as we watched that insane triple double on Sunday, is well Luca or Giannis? That's <laughs> a, a crazy way to think about it. Since Giannis is about to be a two time MVP. But you put out a tweet that Luca gets criticized for the same things, or no, Luca gets praised for the same things that James Harden gets criticized for all the time. And I want to hear your thoughts on it and the responses to it. I purposely did not look at the responses. Mm-hmm. My first, my, I'll give you my first response mm-hmm. in a nutshell is, well, it's because James Harden hasn't won a title yet. And whether that's fair or not, this is why he has he'll continue to be criticized. And it's simply not just winning a title. It's coming up really, really, really small in major, major, major playoff moments. That's why. Yeah. So, okay. So let's start first of all with, I, I put out the tweet because it was interesting. I was watching, it was one specific play and it led me to just believe that this is happening over and over again. It was something that was popping up in my, in my mind and I hadn't, really chewed on it enough to to put it into a coherent thought. It was just something in the back of my head swirling around. But but Luca sort of did a rip through move on the perimeter and got fouled taking a shot from the perimeter. And it was just not only am I hearing it on the broadcast, they're praising, you know, how smart of a play it was, how smart Luca is, but also on Twitter, it's like, oh, this guy, he's just his basketball IQ is so high, all this, his ability to draw fouls. And I see it over and over again, the big numbers he puts up in games that they don't necessarily even win the flashy passes, you know, his before the shot that he just hit to tie up the series with the Mavs at two to hit the, the biggest play of the whole, one of the biggest plays of the playoffs was his through the legs bounce pass that he threw the, the one handed bounce pass through his own legs um, to a cutter for the, for the basket. That's a James Harden staple. And James Harden gets called, you know, his passes are empty. And even if they account for assists, it's it's almost like accidental assists in a way. It's not because of his his IQ. So between the stats, between his ability to draw fouls and trying to, which I had always heard my whole life and around basketball people, the smartest players draw the most fouls because it takes a certain level of intelligence mm-hmm. on the on the court to draw a foul. So the smartest players draw the most fouls, but Harden gets criticized because he's a guy that's always just looking to draw fouls, but that's not what I hear from Luca. He gets praised as high basketball IQ stats in bad situations. Luca puts up these crazy numbers. Everyone goes bananas over them with Harden. It's yeah. He puts up numbers, but he doesn't win. And then of course, like I said, the flashy passes it's, Oh, look how smart Luca is. He's got great vision and Harden it's, Oh yeah, but his passes don't mean anything. It's almost like he's forced to pass and they're accidental assists. So that's where the tweet came from. What was interesting was how many people thought that I made the statement, which I may have made separately, but I didn't make it in that tweet was, oh, so you think Harden is is better than Luca? Like, how could you say that right now? Which everyone's falling prisoner of the moment. I still will make that argument and say that, like, it, I could see you going either way right in this very moment in time. Who's a better player overall? Luca has been 
arguably the best player in these playoffs. So it'd be tough to argue against anyone with Luca. But I would just say that wasn't even the point I was trying to make. But of course, people go there. That yeah, wasn't sure. it at all. It was comparing the two things. And at, and in terms of you, what you're saying in terms of Harden coming up small, it's interesting because I immediately got texts from a friend of mine who started going on this whole path of, well, Harden hasn't won anything, so that's why. And I said, yeah, but Luca hasn't won anything either right now. And But the Harden thing, I said, well, wait a minute. Let's go back and look. Over the past five years, two Western Conference semifinals and two Western Conference finals. And for the past five years, he's been knocked out by a Warriors team that we would all call generational. So I'm not disagreeing with your point about him coming up small. And there have been games and there have been moments. There's been absolutely there have been times. I, I wish Harden played better, showed out better, did things to stand out more. There's no doubt. I'm not disagreeing with that. But I also think the argument about just winning gets back to the rings argument we make a lot of times. And I would just say this guy has put up historic numbers has been incredible and has done it year after year after year. And at a certain point, you have to credit the consistency. And then I turn around and it's like, Luca's getting all this credit. And this isn't, here's the problem I have most of all, Noah, is just saying this is not a knock against Luca. I think he's amazing. Like that has nothing to do with it. It's more pointing it out. And then Earl Watson also retweeted and said, oh, and I was asked by um, uh, by another friend, an NBA person, who said, hey, is this a racial thing? Are you bringing up, is it a subtle jab? At, and I would say, that wasn't my intent. I was just putting it out there that it, that it boggles my mind that, that there is this difference in how people perceive the things Harden does and how they perceive the thing Luca does. They're based on your inherent biases anyway. You probably don't like Harden, because most people I find don't. But... I don't know that your bias is because of a racial component. In a lot of cases, I guarantee that it is. And this Luca love, I know has a lot to do with the racial component. I know it does. But I will say, I'm not saying that everyone who is having a different feeling about Harden than they do about Luca is doing it because it's racially motivated at all. But there, of course, just like anything else, there is a segment of the population that feels like that. I mean, I, I've, I've never heard James Harden compared to Larry Bird. I've heard James Harden and Luca to compare to each other, but not Luca. You know, but Luca's been compared to Larry Bird. Larry I think Bird was trending last night. Right, so, Larry so early Bird in this trending, that tells you everything you need to know. Right, and I saw a great tweet from Peter Vesey that said that Carlisle was Bird's teammate, and then is now coaching Bird. <laughs> Earlier in the year, when when we talked about the Rockets, and I said I just I just don't enjoy watching Harden as much anymore. Mm-hmm. A lot of that I've come to realize is that because I know what's going to happen in the playoffs. Mm. And it's it's seemingly unfair, but when you go back to Western Conference Finals late in that series against against the Warriors, I mean the the all timer is game six of seventeen against the Spurs. I mean, you're down three two and that's the all-time disappearing act from a star in the playoffs. All-timer. I mean, he got his number retired that night at, at the strip club, but that is an all-time <laughs> disappearing act from James Harden. And so he hasn't so, – so I know what's coming in the playoffs, or at least, look, I don't know, but that's what I envision based on, right. based right. on the past. Luca hasn't been there yet 
So it's the new shiny thing that we can enjoy and think, well, he'll just continue doing this in the playoffs and he'll continue doing it in the NBA finals. And he's never going to have, a, and he's never going to have a bad night. Is, is there, listen, the, the hope is everything hope. And, and to me, it's, it's why you live life. It's why we feel bad for retired pro athletes because it's this hope of one day you're going to see something even greater than you've seen previously. That's always my belief. And so now, Noah, you and I can look at life right now and say, you know what? Five years from now, what, what keeps us going? Five years from now, like seeing your daughter grow up and how great is that going to be? There's, there's hope there that's inside of you. Same thing with, with my family, with my kids, professionally, with this podcast, that one day that there's this hope that it's going to just keep rising. We're going to see a level that we have not seen before. And that, and uh, that anticipation is what is what drives us. And if you, to your point, James Harden, midst of his career, has been in those moments. And to, to your point, just like we saw against the Warriors when they had that historically awful three-point shooting game, like we've seen, we've seen the Rockets and by default, James Harden, like come up small in some big spots. There's no question. And like you said, Luca hasn't had a chance to disappoint yet. 21 years old, just turned 21 in February. We feel hopeful about Luca's future. So I understand. I, that part I, I absolutely um, go along with. The one other point that I would love to make on all this, though, we kept talking for months about the NBA champion and whether that the NBA champion, and we weren't the only ones, it's obviously taken on a life of its own, would, would there be an asterisk aside next to it? My new thing on all this, Noah, and Luca's game, let's include it in this as well. We have to start throwing asterisks out all over the place. We had last night Jazz Nuggets, two players opposing teams, Jamal Murray, Donovan Mitchell, 50 points. Donovan Mitchell had already set the Jazz playoff scoring mm-hmm. record earlier. I'm, the, LeBron James is putting up historic numbers. We're seeing it over and over again that these stats, which we talked about, this Marco Bellinelli theory that I had, that guys in the bubble are just going to go bananas and put up these video game numbers. We're seeing it on a daily basis. I think we need to throw the asterisk all around for the <laughs> season and for what we're seeing. How unfair is it going to be, though, when you start looking back at the record books and every time you see, oh, yeah, that, but yeah, but that was 2020. Right, that, was, that was a bubble game. That was a bubble game. He didn't have the crowd and... Again, something we talked about was you know trying to manufacture things against a crowd, and I played the drinking game myself, and it was ugly. About, uh, well, can't go back home because we're down two zero, but it's in the same place, and it doesn't feel like it. And we've got the we don't have a crowd. We need to manufacture this, that. Like it is, it's absolutely a factor. Last thing on on Luca and, and Harden, and kind of related to that John Kincaid conversation we had a while ago, who I don't want to talk about anymore. Actually on his podcast, I I listened, I fast forwarded to a part that I was told about and uh, he didn't use my name, but he said to Shaq, he said, Hey um, Shaq, you know, I've got a stalker on Twitter. Got a stalker. (laughs) Yeah. So the, he follows you back, right? No. So, okay. You are a stalker. So the, uh, (laughs) about like, well, who do you root for? If you always say that, well, he's never won. He hasn't won. He hasn't won. He hasn't won. So like, I don't understand how oh. you can oh. go about anything that way. I mean, the only the only guys in the NBA, like I was looking at the all-star rosters from this year, LeBron mm-hmm. is one. And then yep. the 
And then the guys from the Raptors last year, Kawhi, Siakam, and Kyle Lowry have won. That's that's it. Those are the only guys that have won. Think about a title. that for a moment. Think about that. And would you call and would you call so you said LeBron, Siakam, Kyle Lowry, only all stars from this year who have won and a title? Kawhi. And Kawhi. So now outside mm-hmm. of so so Siakam, who I love, and Kyle Lowry, who I love, but I wouldn't call them top five players in the league. Mm-mm. Okay. So so what is it? So for me, a guy that's top five in the league now also has to be top five and get rings. There's two guys like that in the league. Like, but everyone else gets compared in that bucket is my is my point all the time. I hear all the time. Oh, Jamal, I guy I know, Jamal Murray stinks. Oh, really? He's putting up 50 points in a bubble playoff game, but still. But Jamal Murray stinks. Jokic stinks. Harden stinks. Like, I hear this all the time that all these guys, Luca, because he hasn't had the opportunity to do it yet, but it's just over and over and over again. But there's two guys in the league that are meeting everyone's qualifications. They win rings, and they are a consensus top five player in the league. So, and, but I guess people's opinions will change if let's say Anthony Davis wins a title this year, of course, Giannis in the, in that regard, it's just interesting to me that we're talking about, you can't even start to talk about a player being great unless he's in, in that category. And of course, you know, the Warriors had a lot to do with that, but I don't know. That stuff just drives me insane, Noah. So, and uh, John Kincaid, use my man Noah's name, please. Next time. Thank you. I'll use yours. So use it. I'm finished. I'm, I'm finished. I'm finished. He always says that you need to admit mistakes, apologize for things. He just needs to live by his own words. Live by his own words. Coming up, a little bit of life. And Mm -hmm. the Sixers. (laughs) RockAuto.com, a family business which has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. I thought I was almost going to have to do this with a rental car this past week, which I had just a disastrous, well, I shouldn't say disastrous, but it was a subpar rental experience, which led to me getting 50% of my rental back onto my credit card, which was appreciated, but it should have been 100%. But bygones be gone. Bygones. RockAuto.com has everything from engine control modules to brake parts, taillights, motor oil, windshield wiper fluid, which I needed in my car and it didn't have it. And you could get new carpet. Whether it's a classic car, daily driving car, everything you need, a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Who wants to go anywhere these days? Adam actually can't leave his home right now because of the fires. RockAuto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. You can see everything all right there. Best of all, RockAuto.com prices, always reliably low. And the same for everybody. doesn't matter if you're a pro or a do-it-yourselfer. RockAuto.com right now. Go there. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D space on. Locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Quickly on the Sixers, earlier this season when talking about the stars and the front office, I remember saying Mm -hmm. nobody in that front office wants to be the one to make the trade. So that's why Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid will be there together, that 
Elton Brand doesn't want to be the one to break up that duo and then have that on his resume that I traded Joel Embiid for Mm -hmm. this group of dimes and nickels or Ben Simmons for the same. Next year, there'll be a new coach. They'll give that coach likely a year to do that, to see if it can work. And then I could see Elton Brand, this is not reporting, just based on the Sixers organization, how things work. I could see Elton Brand then, if it doesn't work out next year, then Elton Brand moving on. It would Mm -hmm. be odd because then you'd have a coach that the new GM didn't hire, but so be it. And then that new GM comes in with the, is hired because they have a plan in place to move one of them. A story came out last night, Noah, that I'm sure you saw that Jimmy Butler uh, and Brett Brown like had, had reached an impasse. And so, yeah. and, and they chose Brett Brown. And, and the, the story though that was interesting wasn't this back and forth between Butler and Brett Brown, which you could probably guess that they were going to have issues once Butler decided to go to go elsewhere you sort of knew that that was that was probably the case but that but that the organization had that the Brett Brown basically forced that people were saying that it was like a Sixers leak to open the door then like that that that's so if you were getting mad at the Sixers for not having Jimmy Butler this year which by the way if you're going to do that you might as well get mad at them about having JJ Redick you can also get mad at them for overpaying Tobias Harris like we've seen the last few years just just some head scratching moves outside of the core of Simmons and Embiid. But I wasn't alone in thinking that they'd represent the East in the finals. They, they were, they were the favorites to get to the finals along, along with the bucks. So, so we can, we can scratch our heads and say, well, the roster construction, this, that you still thought maybe it goes back to what the hope that, that thing about hope that you were talking about that we mm-hmm. hoped so much that they would get there that we thought, yeah, you know what? It's going to work. They'll figure it out. Yeah. And they did it. Well, and the weirdest and the weirdest part is, did you think though at any point that the end of the Brett Brown era would come because of a Ben Simmons injury? If anything, I would have thought if there was any injury involved, I would have thought it would have been Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. It's just so interesting that it's it it's almost like you figured Brett Brown would have opportunities forever as long as those two are are sort of healthy in a way. Like, but like now Ben Simmons goes down. It's almost like. Well, you know what? We gave you a bunch of chances anyway. I, I will say he has dealt with some injuries. I felt like it's a, for a while. It, it's felt like it was it was sort of time to move on. Um, yes, we can question the roster construction. And to, but to your point, the East was vulnerable. And by the way, if you're going to make a move, the other factor that you didn't say, which is significant, what happens next year? Brooklyn Nets have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. So now throw another team into the fold. That's a major challenger in the East. If there was a year to do it, this was the year for the Sixers, and now they're they're behind everybody else once again. So, um, yeah, that's where we are with the Sixers. All right, a little bit of life quickly. Back in New York City after those five months in suburban Philadelphia. Said it before, very fortunate to be able to get back to our hometowns where my wife and I grew up, spend some time ourselves, and then spend some time with grandparents. Back in New York City, we did the covid clean out like everyone else had done over the previous five months but we weren't in our home to do it so we have so much baby stuff that we've just 
held on to just because. And now in our apartment, there's just a line in the, well, dining room, which is like the entryway, and all, you know, it's a New York City apartment and and around the corner to the entrance of the apartment, just bags and bags and bags of toys and stroller type <laughs> stuff like the sleeping bag and all that stuff that goes in the strollers, books, everything else. The problem is that all the places where we've donated before are not accepting donations. Ah, uh. So they're not accepting anything from in home. And they're saying, well, if you can hold on to it until September, I, I can't. I, I can't just keep this stuff on the floor and, or put it back into the closet. It just doesn't. We've already moved things it's around. Hazard. Hazard. I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't live that way. So Goodwill is accepting things. But I was, I was hoping to go to the places that we've gone to before because they give them away. But at least it's going to be doing some good this way. So that's unfortunate. Um, being back here, it is, it's empty. It's not just because it's the end of the summer, but it's empty. And the most glaring thing is that there, there are just, there are no tourists anywhere. So oftentimes you, you know, it might not be people walking to work at odd times, but there's, there's always tourists always. And today I walked through Herald square near the garden. No, nobody around near empire state building there's there's nobody around i took a video i posted on twitter at noah kozlov this morning at 10 after 9 of the subway on 33rd street on the east side com- completely empty completely just, empty eerie it was eerie seeing that scene noah i gotta tell you i, I stopped by uh, my own my old apartment building and I saw uh, where I lived, this was years and years and years ago. And, but some of the doormen are still the same. So I just, I was walking by and I said, hello. And he said that of the 95 apartments there, 18 are vacant. Uh, 18 of the 95 18 apartments. of the 95. And I said, well, have they brought rent down yet? Nope. Well, they're going to. I mean, you can't just yeah, continue to lose money. Of course. Mm. Wow. I, I just, yeah, I'm curious. I know Jerry Seinfeld had the op-ed piece uh, talking yeah, about I read it this morning, uh, yeah. Yeah. New York City is, is you know, not going anywhere. I love that New York City has to be defended. Like, we know it's going to come back. Like, that's sure. a, like, I get it. I get it. Being there it probably throws off your perspective. No, no, no. I think it will, too. Of course. I think it will, too. Everything is cyclical. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, this 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 pandemic is... It's thrown all of us off. My situation right now, it's funny, you know, the, not not funny in a way, but uh, you mentioned off the top. I mean, we fires all around us and COVID was already brutal. But again, we're, we feel very fortunate and grateful. We live north of San Francisco, great area, Marin County. But it's wild because there's really like nowhere to drive to because there's so many fires. We're not in immediate danger. There's not an imminent threat. But the smoke levels are so bad that you really can't. You can't leave the house. It looks like it looks like a house on our street is. That's what it smells like. Is like a house two doors down is is on fire. That's what it it, it smells like in the air. Air quality so poor, smoky outside. Uh, so it's brutal. But like with we don't have air conditioning. We got the four kids in the house and they are just going bonkers right now. And then of course, also today Zoom is down for my daughter's. Uh, high school. So 
the two high teenagers are not in class today because their Zoom stuff is down. They're, they're, I mean, they're finding alternate ways to, to connect, but it is just, I mean, it, it's just challenging to say the least. Check out everything else on the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On NBA five days a week. Locked On Fantasy Hoops, Josh Lloyd, Hollinger, and Duncan. And your team every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. Coming Thursday, going ISO with Steve Jones Jr., the former assistant coach of the Nets, Grizzlies video guy. And you know him from Twitter as he's breaking down anything and everything going on on the court in the bubble. And go back and take a listen to the previous episodes of Going ISO, most recently, Cherokee Parks. We're on Instagram at rejecting underscore the underscore screen. Adam's on Twitter at NaismithLives. I'm at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. Adam, thanks, pal. You are the best.